The Matthew Dark Show is sponsored by Roots Medical, rootsmedical.net. That's Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concern. And coloradomedicalfreedom.com. That's coloradomedicalfreedom.com. Welcome to the Matthew Dark Show, where hypocrisy meets accountability. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Your one-stop show for truth, courage, fellowship, and faith. As Ronald Reagan said, if we lose freedom here, there is no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. The bravest show on radio. I just want to do God's will. Sit back and enjoy. My goodness, if you're a Democrat voter, holy cow, are you looking for a refund? Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Now here's your host. Take it away, Matthew. Hey folks, Matthew Dark here. Remember, with COVID 2.0 coming, it's important that you know your rights. Our interview with Brian Ward of COVIDPenalty.com explains exactly those rights when it comes to investigational new medicines, which is exactly what every single COVID shot on the market is, an investigational new medicine. The answer is no. The proof is there. The rights are there. Congress explicitly said you have the right to refuse medical research. Brian Ward, covidpenalty.com. God bless you and enjoy, folks. What is an IND by law? It is a, a drug that is a new drug or biologic that's used in clinical research activity. So anytime an IND is administered to a human being, here's what happens by law. It's required to come under the oversight or overview of an institutional review board. It's required by law to comply with 45 CFR 46, and it's required by law to comply with the ethical principles laid out in the Belmont Report. So the Belmont Report is only 10 pages long. It was curated from about 800 pages of submitted essays over a period of three and a half years. And it was the result of the National Research Act. And for the purposes of our conversation here today, it defines the nature and legal definition of informed consent. And, 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 and that definition has been codified into law and now is required to be followed by every hospital, every university, the plethora of defense contractors, every agency in the federal government, mm-hmm. every state government. And it basically declares a couple of things. Number one, it shifts the burden onto the sponsor and to the person who's funding the program and onto the healthcare practitioner. So there's a law that declares that no federal funding can be appropriated for any research activity, including section uh, our current pandemic, unless the informed consent of the individual is obtained in advance. Okay. That's in federal law. <laughs> so... And, and, and the military regulations, they have the exact same law and also in the title of the U.S. Code. So now we have the Belmont Report, which requires a couple of things. Number one, the Belmont Report, uh, report requires the institution that is either sponsoring the product or acting on behalf of the product. So let's rabbit trail for a moment. Yes. The U.S. government owns the exclusive purchasing rights for all COVID-19 vaccines. And the, the way that they, um, and, and the federal law requires the sponsor of the product to certify in writing to the manufacturer that they will obtain the informed consent of all individuals before the administration of the product. 
So the way the federal government ensures that your informed consent is being obtained, and listen, I'm just talking about the law, not the actual application of it in our current yes. unlawful environment, okay? So the way they have done this is that they require all healthcare <clears throat> practitioners, pharmacists, to sign a contract with the Center for Disease Control titled the COVID-19 Preferred Provider Agreement. On line 12 of that contract, it declares that the healthcare practitioner will, number one, provide a drug fact insert sheet to every individual in advance. That acts as your informed consent process. That's where you receive your information about the product, the risk, the benefits. But then it also, um, they require you, to, uh, you being the healthcare practitioner, to comply with all of the laws associated with the EU, uh, EUA products, which includes the Belmont report. Got it. So I'm, I'm going to wrap this all together in a moment here. Okay. I know it sounds like we're going long because there's just so much law here, and I'm trying to uh, bullet point on all of this. No, we need it. We need all of it because we have to understand that a lot of these these laws were written in advance for your protection for an application as we're seeing right now. Let me just get our listeners caught up right now. Brian Ward of COVIDPenalty.com. We are going through basically your right to refuse and all the laws surrounding that. He's going to put this together, and then I'm hoping we'll have some real-world application. Hospital did yeah. this. You're, and so we're going to see all that, but let's have the backstory, folks, so that we move forward with what the law's true intent was. Go ahead, Brian. So you have the Belmont report that requires the sponsor of the product, the hospital, the uh, the government, a couple of things. Number one, they cannot they must ensure before the offer is even presented to an individual, they must ensure that they have created a legally approved environment that ensures that the individual is not under a sanction, unjustifiable pressures. Um, harassment, intimidation, or coercion. <laughs> These are quotes that come straight from federal law. Mm -hmm. So if you're under a sanction, then federal law declares that the, uh, that the sponsor of the products or the person administering the products, um, and this gets a little technical, so I'm going to try to keep it very basic here, that, they that they're not able to obtain the individual's, quote, legally um, effective informed consent. So it's not just your informed consent, Matt. It has to be legally effective. So what is legally effective? It's when you give your consent out of your free will and voluntary consent without any outside pressures to participate. In other words, you're saying, according to your autonomous personal belief, that you believe this product can help you with your personal health goals. Yes. And there's no other reason why you're making that decision. Mm. So... Then we get to Section 564, and we have this EUA law, and there's three things I want to point out about this. Excuse me. Number one, Congress declares that you have the right to accept or refuse a product. You being the individual, no other person can make that decision. No other person can influence that decision. There's only one other person allowed by Congress to participate in that decision-making process, and that is the healthcare practitioner. The idea is that they're the ones who are providing you with medical counseling. So according to law, legally speaking, the mechanism by which this process unfolds for us, the individual has to agree to accept the product, and then the healthcare practitioner must agree to administer it. Neither one are obligated under law to engage that process. Now, paragraph L of Section 564 declares in plain language, not presented in any lawsuit, Matt, mm -hmm. 
that the secretary has no authority to require any person to participate in any activity that becomes lawful pursuant to this section. So in other words, every single person involved in this process must do so out of their free will and voluntary consent. Mm. That includes the manufacturer, the distributors, the hospitals. And so the reason that is, is because right at the same time that we passed Section 564, known as Project Bioshield, we passed what is known as the PREP Act. The PREP Act um, provides for nearly impenetrable immunities for all parties involved in the process. So the PREP Act declares that if there is a declared emergency and there is a countermeasure program in place, so we call, in effect, the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine by law is called a medical countermeasure, or MCM. So the PREP Act um, declares that any person who's involved in this process and, and I'm being very, very gen generic here. It's way, it's a very complicated piece of law. But it declares that pretty much anybody who's involved in this process, you have immunity from damages. Hmm. Now, in, in that law, it writes in plain language, Matt, this will blow you away, that the HHS secretary is required to inform all states and other state actors who are involved in the process that everybody must participate in a voluntary manner. Mm. Now, why is that? Well, it, it goes back to court doctrines and our, and our Constitution and our laws that if you have a right and that right is injured and it creates a harm in your life, you have a right to seek relief in a court of law. So Congress knew that they couldn't just create a blanket immunities for these pharmaceutical companies or people involved in this process if, in fact, they're out injuring people. So how did they justify it and how do courts allow it? They allow it because of the voluntary participation um, process or nature of these programs. So in other words, Matt, if you were informed by this pharmacist, uh, by the healthcare practitioner of the potential risk of this drug, and you were informed that you were going to give up your future litigation rights and that you were going to participate in a biomedical research project, if you were informed of those things up front and you still agreed out of your free will and voluntary consent and then you became injured because of the product, courts are saying the law is justified because you were given informed consent up front. Therefore, um, you agreed to come under this legally binding contract <laughs> that everybody volunteered for. And I want to go right there and make sure the listeners hit on this point. So we're in, so they, they've got an, an emergency declared, the HHS secretary, and this is where I think we missed a big one. We got caught up in the fear, got caught up in the, the hype of these vaccines and said, let's go for it. But that comment of the HHS secretary informing the states or the actors that are participating in this, you must tell these people about the, potential risk of these drugs that did not happen we bypassed that and it went right to you must get this so so as it stands right there in the uh, the violation okay do, how what percentage of do you think hospitals across this country actually followed those specific directions from the hhs if any you're listening to the bravest show on radio the matthew dark show Hit subscribe anywhere you get your shows and never miss an episode. Are you happy with your current healthcare provider? If that answer is not an emphatic yes, then you should know about Roots Medical. 
Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, is a Christian-based medical practice that treats the whole patient in a natural and holistic way. Specializing in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical also offers full-service pediatric care, sickness visits, sports physicals, and so much in between. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Hey folks, Matthew Dark here with exciting news about COVID justice and how you can be involved in this critical moment in history. Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom in conjunction with covidpenalty.com is leading the way in protecting everyone's legal right to refuse an investigational new drug. There is no law that can force you to participate in medical research and we need your help in bringing these lawsuits to fruition. To donate and view impending lawsuits, visit coloradomedicalfreedom.com. That's coloradomedicalfreedom.com. Dot com.